Okay, test one, two, test one, two. Hope everybody can uh, see me and hear me. Just give me a sec. I'm a little bit late preparing all these notes and slides. We got a doozy in front of us today, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Way of the Truth Warrior. My name is David Whitehead. Happy to be here with you as always. I hope you're well and surviving and thriving during this incredible time in which we live. Today it is, <clears throat> excuse me, today it is Monday, July the 12th, 2021. And today we have quite the subject matter to go through, quite the subject matter indeed. Um, I haven't even been able to organize half of what I wanted to present to you today, but you know what? With what I have, it's already going to be probably a two-hour show. So strap yourselves in. Shout out to everybody on Twitch. How's it going? DLive, what's up? We're on Pilled. I believe we're on Pilled. Let me just make sure. Foxhole. Using a new URL today. So yeah, it looks like I'm live on the Foxhole. Howdy, everybody, on the beautiful, lovely Foxhole. Very good. Okay, so I usually would prefer to do something for you all that would be a lot more upbeat and motivating. I will do my best to give a balanced presentation here because we got some dark stuff to cover. I think it's important. I entitled, our, I entitled this show, Are the Elite Trying to Kill Us Off? What do you guys think? I think it's kind of an obvious question at this point, especially for this crowd, but I know I've always got new people tuning in, a lot of young people tuning in that haven't had 20 plus years of research to try to understand the gravity of the situation that we're in. And so I want to present it to you because when I'm out there on my social media, in my videos, in my shows, in my conversations with people that I know and talking about how I'm suspicious I'm suspicious of our governments. I'm suspicious of these multinational corporations. I'm suspicious of our media. I'm suspicious of the health industry. Um, there's a lot of suspicion out there, and it's not because I'm paranoid. It's not because I wear a tinfoil hat. It's because of the actions, the words, the deeds, the history, the track record of these agencies that I just mentioned. And I don't know if everybody's still quite got it. So if you don't get it after today's show, I wish you well. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> How you doing, guys? Where are you listening to from in the world? We've got a bunch of people jumping in. Happy to be here as always. It's been a while. I uh, needed to pull my head out of it for a while. Took my family camping. Went to an amazing campsite. Slept under massive trees, had some campfires, went to the beach, walked around barefoot everywhere. My kids were running around, riding bikes, playing with other kids, swimming in the waves in the ocean. We were swimming in the ocean amongst a bunch of sea kelp and seaweed and seashells and salt water. And uh, out in the sun, it was sun all day you know, lots of vitamin D, um, good connections, went with some family and just had a big refresh. Didn't look at my phone. I think I did one post. 
uh, how I couldn't resist. But um, yeah, I just needed to unplug. And I recommend everybody do that from time to time. Um, you need to take care of your mind and your spirit more than anything else, more than anything else. What is going to contribute to optimal health in your mind and your body is to nourish your soul right now. Um, there's some of us out there that are doing the fight. We're on these social media platforms. We're doing shows. We're doing research. We've got our head in the game. Um, to anybody out there in the same situation as me, where you're a public person that does shows and is covering this information, extra for you. Make sure to take care of yourself during this time because this can overrun you. Uh, the anxiety of it, the tension of it, the fear of it, the whole thing. So you need to do a lot of your internal shadow work and you need to get out in nature and you need to be with your family and your friends and your wolf pack and the people that are like-minded, people that uplift you. And make sure you balance it out so that you can stay sane and calm during this storm because this is a storm. We are in the storm. It's happening right now. This is the battle for freedom. This is the battle for truth. This is the battle for justice. This is the battle for between good and evil. The ultimate show. This is the ultimate test. And I'm going to show you just what kind of a test we're up against. Some of this, I'm sure a lot of you already know, but it's always good to have a recap. Once again, I'm just going to go through some things. Um, before I do, though, I uh, I've got... Find some final things done with my incredible sponsor. So I'm just going to play a quick little video for you. It takes a few minutes. It's also going to help me prepare some of the notes that I'm missing in the background. So uh, I sit back. It's about five minutes. And uh, I recorded this this morning. Let me just pull this up for you. And then we'll jump into the material. Here we go. I think it's really important that we stop giving our money, our time, and our energy to organizations, institutions, and people that don't align with our values and don't operate with integrity. If you think about it, for generations, we've been giving our money to these big box stores that literally have a monopoly on all the goods that we buy. We're dealing with 11 major corporations that own all the shelf space in all the big stores. Think of stores like Walmart, Target, Costco, Amazon even, etc. And yet every week we turn into Walmart, Target to buy all the stuff that we need. The basic essentials of life. And over the last few years, especially recently as we've gone through all this lockdown stuff, it's gotten even worse as these big Mafia-like corporations have put the pinch on small business owners like me, I'm sure like you or people that you know, where small business owners have literally been decimated and have been unable to operate efficiently. And while these big box stores are definitely a problem, we have to think about the root of this issue, which is these multinational corporations that literally own and dominate all the shelf space of everything we buy from basic store goods all the way through the grocery stores and on and on we could go. Unless you're a part of this cartel, it's next to impossible to even get shelf space in these stores to sell your products. Then comes the various agendas that these corporations have. They have their money in the major media. They have their money in the big pharmaceutical companies. They have their money everywhere. And so when we're buying just everyday goods from these stores, we're feeding these beast systems 
that I think are set up ultimately to enslave us and to dominate the market top to bottom. For example, do you know how much Procter & Gamble, which is one of these big companies, gave to the mainstream media for advertising? $7.3 billion. And that was just last year. That's just one of these companies and that's just in one year. So if you think about it, the money that we are spending is actually influencing the direction of our entire society. So I think we need to start taking back control in these different areas. And this is just one of them, but it's a very important one. So what would happen if we just stopped giving our money to these people? What if even a small percentage of people in our country stopped giving the, our money to these big box stores that then feed the multinational corporations, that then feed the media, that then direct our society and really dominate our economy? What if we just stopped? What if a bunch of us little guys got together and stopped giving our money to Walmart? What kind of a difference could we make? It seems small, but I think the ramifications of this could be huge. So what if we shopped with small business? What if we shopped local? What if we found alternative family-owned manufacturing companies that made these goods and services that we all use and we all spend our money on? And what if we found something that could replace that? What if we found healthy alternatives? Companies that are smaller, that operate with integrity, that stand by their products, that make their own products, um, and that align with our values. And when it comes to me and my show, and being that I'm an alternative media personality and there are so many others out there, what if we took a chapter out of the mainstream media's book and got our own sponsorships and by just simply directing, redirecting our spending to companies that we believe in, we could also simultaneously support and fund alternative media because we need that now more than ever. So that is why we came up with truthwarriorswitch.com and really excited about it because we're able to offer an alternative that everybody, no matter what background you're in, no matter what challenges you're facing right now, everybody can participate in. The idea is really simple. We just switch. We don't add to our budget. We just switch where we're spending, giving our money away to these big corporations and we switch it to a company that does it with integrity and does it right and does it better. Just literally by switching a lot of the household items that we buy can make a huge difference. This is money that we're already spending and now we can spend it with a company that believes in freedom, that manufactures all their own products locally and that supports the little guys as opposed to these big multinational corporations that are literally swallowing up our economy right now. So let's get out there, make a difference. Think about where you can switch, where you can switch your energy, your time, your money, shop local, support small business. They need it now more than ever. Support alternative media. We need it now more than ever. And let's make the good decisions that are gonna actually make some real impact for ourselves and for our future generations. Let's starve this beast. Let's starve the beast, guys. Let's starve this beast. And I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna show you how big this beast is. Um, oh, wait a second, we got UFC, but why is UFC playing in the background? Get away, UFC. Hey, did you guys see 45 at the UFC event on the weekend? That was pretty cool. They didn't really show anything on the camera. I didn't see it, I was watching the fights. Um, but he was there. You just started hearing the USA chants when, when he, when Trump walked in there, that was pretty interesting. Um, okay. Well, anyways, let's, let's jump into this. So <clears throat> where do I begin? So many places to begin. Let's begin here. Um, I've been 
looking at this for a long time, as I'm sure many of you have. I've spoken to people who've been looking at this for like 30, 40 years. Um, I've read so many books on this. We know what's up. If you don't know what's up, uh, stick around. And I've done many shows covering aspects of what I think is going on. Again, we're just like little children peering through the window at see what the adults are up to. The adults being the global geopolitical L's, priesthood of the Illies, that's trying to um, either just maintain control of this planet or to increase control or to just fulfill their uh, agenda, whatever that is. And we're going to try to figure out what that agenda is today. And I want you to fact check this for yourself. I want you to take notes of the sources I'm going to give you and the names I'm going to name and the books I'm going to list because you can't know the truth about this or even just attempt to learn the truth about this because we're all still trying to learn the truth about this. I don't think anybody's got any final word on it. We're just, again, we're observing based on statements and actions. And when you put those two things together and you roll it into our present situation, you can get a gauge on where I think they want to take us. Are they going to get there? I think that's up to us. Okay. So some of this is going to be pretty dark, but I think you guys are already thinking like this. I think we're already there. Okay, so, you know, the way I think about it is I think this planet has so much potential. I think humanity has so much potential, but I also think that um, we're living in a duality. And so there are competing agendas. One agenda might be by those at the top that are um, a lot more compassionate towards us lowly serfs on the farm. And then there are those who are, they think we're wasted space and they, uh, they, they want to either control us at a higher rate, or they want to help manage the herd numbers or whatever. And, um, this gets us into the whole question of, is the world really overpopulated? And if that's what these elites believe, whether that's true or not, which I don't think it is, um, if that's what they believe and they have all the money, power, and influence, then what's to stop them from enacting an agenda to fulfill what they believe needs to happen, which is that the world is overpopulated. There's too many people. So we got to break a few eggs. We got to drop those numbers down. And then if you think about that, and I'm going to prove that that's what they believe to you, um, if we think about, I feel, I feel like a lot of people heard that years ago and maybe even some people might hear it now and go, yeah, yeah, well, I, I wouldn't put it past them. These people are crazy. Uh, they want to be the dominant form of life on this planet and they think there's too many people running around. So that's just the way it goes. But that's where the thinking stops. The next thought has to be, which nobody wants to have. Nobody wants to have this thought. Nobody wants to consider this. Nobody wants to talk about it, which is why it just keeps moving on and nothing really happens is, well, if they believe there's too many human beings on the planet, what is their plan to change that? Because there's really only a few ways to change it. You know what I mean? Like, what do you really think is happening right now? So we've I've covered endlessly the agenda for a world centralized control system. And I remember talking to people years ago thinking I was crazy for talking about it. They probably thought you were crazy if you ever talked about it. 
I don't know if they think we're crazy now talking about that because that's openly admitted. It's openly admitted by the World Economic Forum. It's openly admitted by the United Nations. It's openly admitted by some of the top elites in the world. They've talked about this for over 200 years. Over 200 years. It really brings into question what went down with these world wars. It brings into question the mass human operations of genocide by governments all over the world for decades and decades and decades. Um, it really bring, brings into question why there's all these chemicals and synthetics and bullshit GMO and all of our food and our shampoo and our sunscreen. There's carcinogens everywhere. There's gender bender chemicals in the water supply. It's, it's insanity. And, it, and when you talk about it, you feel a bit crazy because it is crazy. We're dealing with next level crazy folks, but that doesn't mean it isn't true. And then if you think, okay, so why are so many things in our environment that are introduced? It's not natural. Okay. A lot of this stuff is not natural. It's been introduced by scientists. Everybody's like, trust the science, trust the science, trust the science. Look, I got nothing against science as a method, as I've said before, but what is this scientism? What is this religion? What is this cult? that has grown up around the process of science to uh, control it to what end? What, why are they trying to control the, the process of discovering truth? Why are they trying to control uh, your ability to grow your own food, have your own farm? Why is the government taxing the hell out of you? You know, what's really going on with all this stuff? Why is there so much stuff in our food and our water and our air that's designed to kill us and cause disease? Who benefits from that? I want to be the, I want to sit, I want to ask these people that think we're crazy or I'm crazy for even suggesting this. Wouldn't you want to be a fly on the wall of the board meetings of these companies that put benzene in sunscreen? Benzene being like one of the number one carcinogens listed on the government cancer website. You know, uh, you want to be a fly on the wall in the board meetings when they're creating a lot of these drugs when you realize that pharmaceutical drugs that get approved by the FDA, that go through testing, that go through the whole thing that everybody was hoping for with this magical bullet shot, um, even those drugs themselves that go through all of that, pharmaceutical drugs are the third leading cause of death in the Western world. Third, bronze. Guess what's above that? Cancer and heart disease. What causes cancer and heart disease? I don't know, carcinogens, parabens, synthetics, GMOs, bad diet, obesity, on and on we can go. Radiation, cell towers, the whole ball of wax, all the things. Because cancer is not a virus that floats around just, oh, I caught cancer. Cancer is your body destroying itself and eating itself because there's no process in place to fight off whatever toxin and bacteria has made it into your body. And so eventually your body goes through a process of self-destruction. I've witnessed it happen to people in my family, friends. It's horrific. Heart disease. Why has everybody got heart disease? Does it have anything whatsoever to do with the obesity rates that have skyrocketed in just the last 20, 30 years? What caused that? What are people eating? They're eating what the stores are selling them. Who makes the products on the shelves of the stores? Well, as I was even saying in my little ad there, that um, 
there's 11 major corporations that run the whole show, just like the media monopoly when it comes to the information that you eat, which, that you eat. It's like fast food for your brain, right? There's already central control over the means of production, which is the number one tenet of socialism and communism and fascism and the whole thing. Central control over the means of production. The products you eat, the products you put on your skin, the stuff you put on your face, if you're into that, uh, the stuff you put in your hair, the stuff you put in your mouth, the stuff you breathe in. It's like everything's out there to kill us. You got to look back and ask yourself why and for so long. Wouldn't you think that if they really cared about health in the way that they're pretending to care about stopping a 99% survivability rate flu? Oh, if even one life is lost. Well, if one life is lost from, you know, having advertisements in front of children's faces of fast food and, and shit that's going to kill you, is that matter? How, how come that didn't matter before? How come all these other things that kill human beings are not right front and center going, well, if, it, if, if, if we lose even one life, we better get that off the shelf. Johnson and Johnson with your baby powder that caused all kinds of cancers and shit. Uh, Bayer, which now owns Monsanto. How is Bayer, how does a company like Bayer, which is a pharmaceutical company and now is in the business of agriculture, um, how does a company like that still exist after basically contaminating vaccines during the 90s with the AIDS virus? And this could get into gain of function and Fauci and all that, but this is just the official mainstream news version of it, okay? Because they admitted it. And MSNBC covered this back then. I remember seeing the clip. Um, you know, they, they knowingly sold contaminated vaccines to third world countries that were contaminated with the AIDS virus. And what did that do, right? Like... It's the same thing I would ask about the, the vaccine when it came out with the polio vaccine and the discovery of simian virus 40, SV40, which caused untold amounts of disease. You want to know why everybody's dying of cancer? It all started back then. And yet we're told to glorify these things. Oh, that was the thing that saved us from polio. Whether it saved us from polio or not, it gave us cancer up the yin-yang. And I want to know how these companies still exist after having death tolls that outdo all the world wars combined. I want to know that. How do you get to be the third leading cause of death? And everybody still goes, oh, well, I got the Pfizer one. I got the Moderna one. I got the AstraZeneca. I got the mix match. Really? Go on my TikTok. I have a ticky talkie now. I did a little video. It's going pretty viral, which I'm happy about, about Pfizer. Pfizer. The history, the criminal history of this organization, all of these companies are convicted felons. And we're not just talking about, oh, we accidentally let carcinogen, carcinogenic heavy metal compounds enter into our, our drugs and vaccines and shit. We, 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 it was just an accident. It's just the process of science, right? You know, over time, we'll get it. Cost-benefit ratio. It's not just that. It's these people, these companies actually knowingly shred documents and overstep their legal boundaries and manipulate statistics and studies. I did another one from uh, Dr. Marcia Engel on my TikTok talking about 
how you can't trust this peer reviewed crap anymore. It's not science anymore. It's industry. It's financed. It's managed. She worked as an editor for the New England Journal of Medicine for over two decades. And she came out and blew the whistle and wrote like three books on it about how we can't trust these drug companies. And I could go on and on and I will, but just to kind of, I'm, I'm trying to lay out a bit of an intro here um, for just why we keep trusting these people. How could you trust these people? Just blindly, blindly. No questions at all. This monopolistic mafia that controls everything you see, read, and digest. They control the fact-checking websites. They, you know, think getting down that rabbit hole about, oh, where did we find the truth? How do we know the truth? How do we trust the information that we're getting? Who sponsors the information that you're getting? Where's your food coming from? Where's your water? So what's going in your water supply? What's in the air? What's happening? Why are all these, why is all this... Natural life just dying. Is it because of humans breathing CO2? Or does it have anything to do with the leaking of chemicals and toxins and radiation and testing nuclear warheads for decades and, you know, unbelievable stuff that these elites themselves are guilty of doing. And then they want to cast blame on you and say, there's too many of you. You're breathing too much. You're farting too much. You're growing cows that are farting too much. You're going to just blow this whole place up. It's your fault. So you know what? There's too many of you. We're going to manage it. We're the intellectual elite that David Rockefeller spoke about that's going to replace your local governments where you used to have a say. We're going to create a central control grid. We're going to manage, micromanage you up the yin-yang. And then on top of that, we're going to add AI and technology that is out of this world into the mix. And we're basically going to terraform this planet after our image, after our likeness. Who does that? Who's got the arrogance to go, I know more than nature does. I know more than the energy that causes and creates all life that swirls freaking galaxies and causes the tides to change and the seasons to change that created the human eyeball that we can't even reproduce if we wanted to. the complexity of life, the, the magnificence of it, the miracle of it. We know more than God. Bill Gates knows more than... So you're going to trust Bill Gates who can't even keep viruses out of Microsoft with your health over and above your immune system, nature, the processes by which brought you here to have the breath of life in you. Right? So what kind of psychopathy are we dealing with? And I'm going to pose a question in this that some of you are going to like, some of you aren't, but I'm going to do it anyways, which is I personally don't think this is human. Take it or leave it. There's a few ways we could look at that. We'll get to that later. But um, let's kick this off. Should I do the Phil Schneider one first or what? Now nah, we'll save it. Um, <laughs> let's go. You know what? I'm just going to go through the slides. Let's do the slides first because that's always fun. I prepared a really pretty slideshow for you. So here we go. Let's do this. How does this look? Um, oh, first of all, I have to put a caption. I'm going to make sure you guys know where to find me. DWTruthWarrior.com. That's where you can find me. I still get messages from people that used to follow me on YouTube. I had like 35,000 followers on YouTube, 
before they smashed me five months ago for interviewing Dr. Carrie Madej and talking about all this stuff. Um, and a lot of people didn't follow. They didn't look me up and they're like, where are you? Are you still doing work? I'm like, yep. Go find me on the foxhole, rumble, bit shoot, telegram, Podbean, everywhere else that you can be without getting totally uh, censored. Um, and dwtruthwarrior.com is the best place to go to track where I'm at. Uh, my wife does an amazing job managing that site for me. Thank you, sweetie. Well done. She did a beautiful job. And um, there's always updates on my latest show. So if you weren't sure and you missed a show, go check it out. I do. I think I do some pretty good interviews and a variety of content for you. Um, so dwtruthwarrior.com is the place. So I'm just going to leave that. And I'll, I'll get rid of that for now. Okay. Here comes the slides. So let me just make sure. Yes. All right. So I'm going to go through some stuff with you just to show you how serious the top levels of science on this planet and the most wealthy multi-billionaire trillionaire crowd feels about human beings and what needs to be done about the population. And let's see if you think that what we are experiencing with this pandemic and the lockdowns and the waves and the shots and everything else that's to come next, who knows? If you think this is really about what they're telling you it's, it's about, okay? So first of all, just a note, a hugely important paper has been published recently. I don't know how recent, maybe a couple of years ago. It's pretty recent though. It's been published in the Epidemiology Open Access Science Journal. It is authored by Kevin Muger Galilei, founder and director of the Center of Global Consciousness in Ontario. So got some Canadians in here. Um, in it, Galilei correctly points out that the entire medical agricultural complex as it exists today is intentionally engineered to deliberately reduce human population. So this is basically like an actual paper. Overpopulation of the planet is a very real and very serious problem, he believes. But the current strategy of world governments is to reduce human population via covert infertility, immune system suppression, and death by medicine, which is a quote from that. And he believes that it's unethical and insufficient to achieve the desired level of depopulation. So basically, he's like, I agree that there's too many human beings running around on the farm. And so we do have to find some way of culling the herd. And I'm not going to be the one that raises my hand to volunteer first. Uh, but, you know, I really don't like the way that these other uh, scientific establishments are going about it with all this covert infertility stuff with the chemicals and the shots and the push for abortion after they're born and immune system suppression through the food supply, the air supply, the water supply all the shots everybody's getting, especially with all this mRNA stuff, the death by medicine, which I mentioned about pharma, which you can all just validate for yourselves. I think that that process of doing it is a little deceptive and it's unethical and it's insufficient. How is any of this ethical? How is any of this ethical? Wiping out swaths of humanity is not, how's that ethical? How is eugenics ethical? Come on. But anywho, um, Let's go to the next one here because it continues. This is an abstract uh, from this, okay? So medicine and public health are compromised by the highest echelons of science, industry, and public administration for the geopolitical objectives of international cohabitation, preservation of resources, environmental conservation, and decarbonization, all of which hinge on depopulation. Okay, so all the guys, all this stuff you're hearing 
about, you know, the Greta Thunbergs and the AOCs and the Green New Deals and the Al Gores and Leonardo DiCaprio and all this shit, you know, save the polar bears. Humans are bad. You know, you're breathing too much. We got to stop eating meat. We got to stop having fun. All that stuff. It's not about what they're telling you it's about. It's this is an ancient uh, cult and that's all centered around depopulation. I think that's the biggest next to formulating a world government where you'll have literally no say in your life. Um, I think the depopulation thing is really the one of the biggest of the conspiracies that we have to face here. Okay. And deal with. So he continues under the cover of reproductive health, involuntary sterilizations are implemented throughout the developing world, <clears throat> Bill Gates, India, Africa, uh, through adulterated vaccines while in the development developed world, flu immunization programs weaken the immune systems of the old and civil servants to shorten lifespans and spare governments from meeting insolvent healthcare and pension plan obligations in the last stage of the demographic transition. <laughs> Quite a word, transition. Um, endocrine disruptors inserted in the basic elements of life to presumably prevent caries caries like baby caries, I guess, chronically subvert the human reproductive system to lower the total fertility rate of every country to replacement level. You hear what he's saying here? He's talking about how they're inserting endocrine disruptors in the basic elements of life to lower fertility rates. Why do you think there's very, you know, all this testosterone dropping in men and uh, all the stuff with the soy and the gender bender chemicals like atrazine and all that glyphosate, um, you know, running everywhere. What do you think everybody's confused about what gender they are? What do you think all this has really been about? This has been going on guys for decades and it's all about what I'm telling you, in my opinion, in the name of sustainable development, which is the UN's magic word. Experimental carbon capture and sequestration methods, as well as solar radiation management methods, double as weapons against longevity by subjecting billions to unnaturally high exposure levels of heavy metals so that the world's decarbonization goals are tackled from two direct directions, by reducing greenhouse gases in the atmosphere and increasing morbidity and mortality among the general population to proactively lower future emissions. You hearing this? Poverty and hunger are used as fronts for the deployment of GMO crops that purportedly increase yields, improve nutrition, and require fewer fertilizers and pesticides, but that in fact misuse the latest bioengineering advances to cause subfertility, immune deficiencies, and crop failures, and thus lower the population by limiting births and increasing deaths, and also destroying crops and food production. Unless stopped, this engineered genocide, that's his, that's his term, not mine, will damage the genetic and intellectual endowment of humanity and cause population collapse within 20 years time, during which the incidence and severity of NCDs, I'm not sure what that is, will grow exponentially irrespective of health system investments and medical breakthroughs. Only a political solution can restore our health as individuals and as a civilization. Well, I would argue that a psychological solution and a spiritual solution is a place to start because if we just keep voting in a bunch of dingbats, we're just playing Russian roulette every time and we know the system's rigged. So I don't know about a political solution. I think we need to deal with this on the level of going directly to the people, you, me, watching and listening to this right now. 
We, the people are the solution. You are the solution in your own life, regardless of what all the other normies out there that fall for this stuff are going to be doing. But anyways, here's a background on the study. I'll just read it real quick. And I'll, I'm going to post all these links again, guys, go follow me on telegram. If you go to my website, I have a link tree there. You can find all my channels, but on my telegram after the show, I will drop all my slides. I will drop all my links and you can go there and look through this stuff yourself. Um, but just to give you some more background, the publication of this article, he says, which contains forbidden fruit is preceded by five years of struggle against the multiple walls of deception, dishonesty, and oppression erected by colluding governments conspiracy, to preserve an international order that keeps peace between nations by committing genocide within nations. Just go read the book, Democide, Death by Government by Rummel. And you will be enlightened as to how the norm when it comes to governments around the world is starvation, genocide, and total control of the populations. Okay. And they want to bring that model based on everything we're seeing at a global level, as opposed to a regional level. All right. So having challenged the matrix of control that the covert depopulation and overt globalization access represents, the authorities have imprisoned me seven times have kept me nearly one year behind bars, have forcibly separated me from my wife and children for more than four years now, have destroyed my career and economic well-being, have deprived me of my every material possession that I've ever had, and have forced me to go to extraordinary and unprecedented lengths to defend my credibility and freedom. As a result, I have suffered five hunger strikes, the longest of which lasted 75 days, and have crossed international borders clandestinely to avoid arrest have lived in exile for nearly two years and have survived with an income for more than, or survived without an income for more than three years. In light of the fact that over the past seven decades, countless people and several heads of state have been assassinated to, kill, <laughs> to keep the objectives of the international order secret and countless more have had their lives destroyed, I can only consider myself lucky to be alive and privileged to be allowed to speak. Speaking of assassinating the heads of states, what was up with all those African uh, state heads that have just died and it just so happened that those states didn't want to take the vaccine into their countries and didn't want to follow the World Health Organization guidelines? What happened to all of them? Continuing on, the fact that my research is finally being published in this medical journal, because this is published in a medical journal, guys. This isn't just like, you know, conspiracytheory.com, all right? Uh, in this medical journal indicates that a political decision was made at the highest level of global governance. Um, hold on a second, guys. I'm just having a brain. I just remembered. I don't think I hit the live on Rockfin. Come on. What's going on? Go live. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Uh, okay. We're going back. The fact that my research is finally being published in this medical journal indicates that a political decision was made at the highest level of global governance to facilitate a change of direction towards a new geopolitical accommodation that is no longer secret and may in fact follow the prescriptions I briefly outline in this article. It also means that I have finally succeeded in reverse engineering the international system down to the smallest detail and in doing so have rendered it obsolete. So he's talking there with a little bit of hope that there's something about human consciousness that once something goes from the subconscious to the conscious, magic happens. Once something is disclosed to us that was secret before, but now we know we have the power to change events that otherwise would have unfolded. 
So keep that as a thought throughout this whole presentation, okay, guys? Because I don't want you, you're not going to leave this, I promise. You're not going to leave this show today feeling doom and gloom and, and feeling horrible. We got to go through the dark before we can get to the good stuff, okay? So let's continue. We just got to get a psychological profile of these criminal psychopaths that are in power and what they want. That way we can get, it's just, it's, it's, it's crystallized in you. So you understand. And then all these arguments that they're throwing at you about, oh, it's all just go get your shot and do what you're told. And they would never lie to you. You just, it's just get rid of that. Okay. We're dealing with criminals of the highest order. At one time, the elite at least attempted to conceal their boundless enthusiasm for population control from the general public, but now they aren't even trying to hide it anymore. An alarming new study that advocates global population control as one of the solutions to the, quote, climate emergency that we are facing was published in the journal Bioscience. This is another one I'll link for you guys. This document has already been signed by 11,258 scientists from 153 different countries. And get this, it openly calls for a reduction in the human population of our planet. This has always been the end game for the climate change cult. And that's what it is, folks. But now a big push is being made to make the public believe that there is a, quote, scientific consensus that this is necessary. And I just wanted to show you a little screenshot of the actual um, bioscience journal entry, climate, world scientists warning of a climate emergency. This is in bioscience, American Institute of Biological Sciences, also with Oxford Academic. So this isn't, again, I'm not, I'm giving you high level sources here, folks. They can call you conspiracy theorists all they want. They can shadow ban you all they want. They can fact check website you with Snopes and all that crap all they want. This is irrefutable, and all you got to do is look all around you and ask some basic questions to understand this. But go read this, okay? And I got some snippets from you so you can get the gist. So world scientists warning of a climate emergency published in the prestigious journal Bioscience and signed by 11,258 scientists from 153 countries. This is what they say, quote, to secure a sustainable future, we must change how we live in ways that improve the vital signs summarized by our graphs. <laughs> you must conform to the pie charts. Economic and population growth are among the most important drivers of increases in CO2 emissions, emissions from fossil fuel combustion. Therefore, we need bold and drastic transformations regarding economic and population policies. And those two go hand in hand, by the way. We suggest six, <laughs> interesting number, we suggest six critical and interrelated steps in no particular order that governments, businesses, and the rest of humanity can take to lessen the worst effects of climate change. These are important steps, but are not the only actions needed or possible. So they're like, there's so much more. Uh, available to us through all the DARPA programs and all the research and all that stuff that we've been doing for decades. Uh, there's so many more things we can do other than what we list here. This is just a sampling. It's just a sampling of what we have at our disposal to help with these problems. In this study, the authors boldly tell us that planet Earth is facing a climate emergency. Scientists have a moral obligation, even though these bastards have been wrong about every single prediction they've ever given us. Is New York underwater yet? <laughs> it's 
scientists have a moral obligation to clearly warn humanity of any catastrophic threat and to, quote, tell it like it is. On the basis of this obligation and the graphical indicators presented below, we, the scientists that know more, with more than 11,000 scientist signatories from around the world, clearly and unequivocally state that planet Earth is facing a climate emergency. But here we go, guys. This is where, this is why I tell everybody, you got to read the fine print. You got to read the little sections that, you know, you skim, you read the title and the little sub thing and you go, oh, I read the study. You didn't read it. Read the whole thing. Read it a few times. Analyze it with a magnifying glass. You'll find shit like this by these 11,000 scientists that you're are essentially, this is the Bible of Justin Trudeau, Boris, Johnson, Jacine, whatever her name is, Biden, you know, Dr. Jill. Uh, this is their Bible, okay? Because they're part of this cult. They also had a lot of interesting relationships with people like Jeffrey Epstein, who, uh, you know, decided he wanted to seed the new human race by, uh, let's not get into that, another, another show. Anyways, here we go. This is what they say about population. Still increasing by roughly 80 million people per year or more than 200,000 per day, the world population must be stabilized and ideally gradually reduced. <laughs> they just say it. Ideally, it's just, it's idealistically, we'll make it gradual, but we might not be able to wait that long. Uh, gradually reduced within a framework that ensures social integrity. <laughs> Guys, we're going to mass murder you in a way, in a framework that ensures social integrity. All right, so you got nothing to worry about. We're not up to any funny business. There are proven and effective policies that strengthen human rights while lowering fertility rates and lessening the impacts of population growth on GHG emissions and biodiversity loss. Look at that bullshit. There are proven and effective policies that strengthen human rights. That's all that matters. They don't human rights, human rights. What are we talking about? You guys, these are the same people that are burning the constitutions of the world and, and violating human rights. You just got locked up in your house for 16 months over a flu. But don't worry, we're going to strengthen human rights while we kill human populations off. Like, how does that strengthen you? What about a right to life? What about that? These policies make family planning services available to all people. This is like stuff that AOC would say. Remove barriers to their access and achieve full gender, gender equity. They care more about gender equity than they do about human survival as a species, okay? Including primary and secondary education as a global norm for all, especially girls and young women. These people are sick. Look at this. Look at this shit show. Couple quotes you all know, but here we go. These are some of the so Bill Gates's role in the pandemic, the vaccine, the World Health Organization with his organization Gavi, G A V I. Go to the site, learn about it. That is the official organization that its goal is to vaccinate every man, woman and child on the planet every month until infinity or until they achieve their population goals. This man is there at the top. He's the one that ran all their previous experimental programs on Africa, India, and the third world before they launched this pandemic in order to bring in this new shot. 
It wasn't that the, in my opinion, guys, in my opinion, this shot wasn't brought in for the virus. The virus was brought in for the shot. Okay. And if you don't get that by the end of this presentation, there's no helping you. Bill Gates, this was at his TED talk. This is what he says in public with slideshows. The world today, how does Bill Gates talk? He's kind of like Kermit. The world today has 6.8 billion people that's headed up to about 9 billion. If we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that, guys. Get this. By 10 to 15%. <laughs> like, what? this is the only guy on the planet that is talking about, well, not the only one, but he's, the, he's a leader of this idea that by doing better with healthcare, we can help reduce the human population. <laughs> what? Does it have anything to do with pharmaceutical products being the third leading cause of death in the world next to cancer and heart disease, which is also caused by a lot of that shit? Another one he says is, the problem is that the population is growing the fastest where people are less able to deal with it. So it's in the very poorest places that you're going to have to have a tripling in population by 2050. And we've got to make sure that we help out. We've got to help out with the tools now so that they don't have an impossible situation later. <laughs> tools like sterilization programs in India and Africa. How about this twank? Boris, this anti-vaxxers. The primary challenge facing our species is the reproduction of our species itself. It is time we had a grown-up discussion about the optimal quantity of human beings, the optimum quantity of human beings in this country and on this planet. All the evidence shows that we can help reduce population growth and world poverty, because we're really good and nice, by promoting literacy and female emancipation and access to birth control. You see how they sell you this shit? They're selling you on genocide and depopulation of your fellow human beings. These are the same people telling you to stay in your home and be afraid of this virus. And all the variants and the whole Greek alphabet of variants. How about this guy? Ted Turner, founder of CNN. Famous quote. A total population of 250 to 300 million people. A 95% decline from present levels would be ideal. So... How, why, how does anybody watch CNN anymore? Anyway, how can you stomach that? Let alone understand that the founder, you want to know why the media is weaponized against freedom and against truth and against humanity? Because the people that founded it and funded it and build it and write those 4am talking points that all those pretty, well, some of them aren't that pretty, pretty uh, news anchors go out and read off a teleprompter to you every day. They don't, they believe that you're a disease on the planet. They have a worldview. There's a worldview that these people have. I'm not saying every journalist, they, it, they're on a totem pole. It's a pyramid structure of compartmentalization, as I've broken down before. You know what you need to know. But I'm talking about the guys sitting at the board level, the CEO level, the investor level, the, who are the architects? What's their agenda? Their agenda is to clear a lot of space 
on the planet. And then you see this stuff, you can go all the way back through all these environmentalist movements. And I, I consider myself an environmentalist on the, on the fact that I love nature, I respect nature, I don't want to see it polluted, and I don't want to see everybody's garbage all over the place. I want to keep it pristine because I recognize what it is. Nature is visible spirit, and spirit is invisible nature. That's from Schelling. I agree with that. I love nature. I respect nature. I see nature as another extension of spirit or God. So I'm with them on the fact that, hey, you know, look at this beautiful organization, the Earth First Foundation. That sounds really cool. Let's go clean up the oceans. But these environmental movements, Greenpeace, all of them, they got infiltrated. If, 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 if at all, I mean, they might have even been founded by a lot of these people, organizations, Club of Rome, etc. But even if they founded, they were founded organically by good people, they were later, you know, you get some donations and you get some people sitting in and they got a say and then they take over and then they run the whole thing. Kick all the really good people out of there so that they can fulfill their agenda to get you involved in their cult, to make you think you're out there fighting the evil and you're out there cleaning up the planet and you're an eco-warrior and you're part of the Avenger team that's going to save the world. When really you're a part of a depopulation, total matrix of control agenda run from the top and you're being used as pawns. So I don't know what Dave Foreman, he was the co-founder, but he, he said this, we humans have become a disease, the human pox. And this is a sentiment that your children are being taught in school. This is in all the BBC earth documentaries. This is all over everywhere. Humans are a disease. There's too many of you. That's the, who tells you that? Who's telling you this? Who would tell you that? How is the problem? How, how do we solve the problem without killing everybody? Like, you know what I'm saying? What are we dealing with here? And what about this guy? This dink. He says, I'm pro-choice, Bill Maher says. I'm for assisted suicide. I'm for regular suicide. I'm for whatever gets the freeway moving. That's what I'm for. It's too crowded. The planet is too crowded and we need to promote death. Now, of course, he's a comedian and he's doing tongue in cheek and the whole thing. But isn't there a layer of truth to all comedy? Especially when you know the history of people like Bill Maher. They, they, these people show you what they want you to see. Okay. Did I get the right one? Yeah. Okay, now we're going to get serious, if we weren't already. We got Paul Ehrlich. He wrote the book, The Population Bomb. This was written in 1968. Just to give you a perspective of how long this has been running while we've been all paying attention to the circus. This is what they think of it. A cancer is an uncontrolled mutation of cells. The population explosion is an uncontrolled multiplication of people. So he's literally identifying humanity with a cancer. We must shift our efforts from the treatment of the symptoms to the cutting out of the cancer. <laughs> the operation will demand many apparently brutal and heartless decisions. Like just it's it's right out there, black and white. And then look at the actions of all the organizations that use the population bomb as their Bible, like the real summit in the 90s that founded Agenda 21, the Club of Rome, etc. Red Cross, all of them. 
He's got another one. Basically, then, there are only two kinds of solutions to the population problem. One is a birth rate solution in which we find ways to lower the birth rate. The other is a death rate solution in which ways to raise the death rate, such as war, famine, pestilence, find us. They're working on both of those. They're working on both of those. What about Mr. Gore, who looked like a freaking anime character in his last presentation? One of the things we could do about it, he's talking about the population thing, is to change the technologies, to put out less of this pollution, to stabilize the population, stabilize the population. And one of the principal ways of doing that is to empower and educate girls and women. He's talking about all this radical feminism stuff. Uh, you have to have ubiquitous availability of fertility management, ubiquitous, meaning widespread availability of fertility management, so women can choose how many children to have. Well, if you want to choose how many children to have, you don't need fertility management. You just don't go out and get drunk and sleep with every guy you walk past. Like that, you, you make decisions in life that are responsible and you respect your body and you love your body and you you know, get into a relationship with somebody and you have the amount of kids that you can manage, take care of. You have to educate girls and empower women. And it, they, when they say empower, I always think of like the complete opposite. Okay. They mean how to mind control you. And that's the most powerful leveraging factor. And when that happens, then the population begins to stabilize and societies begin to make better choices and more balanced choices. So they're obsessed with the population. Obsessed. Then, of course, we got the lovely Margaret Sanger, who's not really that lovely. Check out that mask. All of our problems are the result of overbreeding among the working class, says Margaret Sanger, founder of Planned Parenthood. So do you wonder why they're pushing all this abortion stuff in your face? Do you wonder why they wanted to put into policy and law that a woman can kill her baby even after the baby is born? Do you want to look at the rates of, of the increase in abortion since her time to let's just go with 2020? There's some documentaries and books out there that'll blow your minds. And this is woven into the fabric and the culture of your universities, your schools, your media, everything, top to bottom, the kids' cartoons, kids, everything. Too many humans overbreeding, get women out of the house, get them in the working environments only, have the state raise the children, and um, let's encourage women to reject the notion that they are givers of life, and let's just have them contribute to helping us build our wealth instead of raising their own children to contribute to humanity. We'll do it for you. And if you want to get rid of some of your kids, we've got solutions for that too. That's basically what they're doing. And then, I don't know, is this the last one? No, it's not. <laughs> um, the Club of Rome. This is Alexander King Bertrand Schneider. He was the founder and secretary of the Club of Rome and this is from the first global revolution, because these guys are all commies, uh, pages 104 to 105, and it was written in 1991. The Club of Rome is where you have to go, and you really got to read up on these people. This is where it all begins. 
In searching, he says, for a new enemy to unite us, we came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine, and the like would fit the bill. But in designating them as the enemy, we fall into the trap of mistaking symptoms for causes. All these dangers are caused by human intervention, and it is only through changed attitudes and behavior that they can be overcome. The real enemy then is humanity itself. So they declared war on humanity in 1991. Well, they declared it before that, but that was the official declaration of war by the Club of Rome. And then if you still doubt it, it's written in stone in eight languages in Georgia. And it's still a mystery how the Georgia Guidestones, the infamous Georgia Guidestones, were even built. There's actually debate about it. That's how obscure it is. Who built it? What's it all about? How the hell is it still there? And in eight languages, its number one goal is to maintain humanity under 500 million, um, which is, I guess, even more generous than what Ted Turner wanted. Ted Turner was looking at like 250 to 300 million. Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. That's, the, uh, <laughs> that's from eugenics chapter one. Unite humanity with a living new language. What, is, what does that mean? Rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things. Rule it. We're going to rule it. We're going to rule the passion, like in the movie Equilibrium, where they used passion as the means to shut down society, create a draconian New World Order system, and then force everybody to inject themselves three times a day to eliminate emotion. Maybe we're going to go there. Uh, let's rule faith. You know, what's with all these churches burning down in Canada and all over the Western world? Um, whatever anybody's thoughts are about religion or whatever, uh, they want to get rid of all religion, which is why they're pitting the religions against each other to fight it out so that they can create a new religion, a new cult. So we're going to rule all your faith and create a one world religion for you. We're going to rule tradition because all that tradition with like family values and having a family unit and believing in freedom and property rights and the right to defend yourself and you know having jurisdiction over your own life, those are old traditions that just come from a bunch of old fogies and it's got to go because it's just because of CO2. <laughs> And rule all things. We're going to rule all things. This sounds like the Vatican's papal bull, Unum Sanctum, where they talked about declaring universal governance on behalf of God over every living organism on the planet. Unum Sanctum. Go look it up. And we're going to do it with tempered reason. You can kind of see at the bottom. Tempered reason. We don't want too much reason. We're going to temper the reason a little bit. Pull it back. So there's my little slideshow, a little foreboding. I could, guys, I could have done a six hour presentation back to back reading. I have pages and pages of quotes like this. This is a, like a few, what is it? Like 10 slides. You could just on and on and on and on. And I could pick it out. Now, one thing that's interesting, I just thought of, I watched, I fell asleep watching it, but I watched that new movie. Um, What's it called? The New War or something? Future War? You, see, you hear this film? I was just watching it and there was a, 
segment in there where the woman said something about what happened to the human species after this alien group came and invaded. And she mentioned, she said, yeah, there's less than, uh, we're under 500 million now. We were at 7 billion, we're at 500 million. She said something like that. And I was like, wow, they're just going right with the Georgia Guidestones number right in the movie. You'll start noticing this stuff everywhere. Um, one thing I'm going to pull up for you really quick. I'm not going to read them all for you, but I just want to show you <clears throat> where you can go to just understand a little bit about how these people feel about population. So if you go to the World Economic Forum website and you look in the search and you just type in population, just right here in the search, there's article after article and Remember, this is all written for the public. Look, it just keeps going. There's so many. Population, 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 David Attenborough, Japan, all this population. And um, they're obviously not all geared towards saying, hey, we just want to kill you all. But what I do is I go through and I read these things and I get a gist of it. And you just start looking. How You learn how to read between the lines. You learn how to see patterns. And you can do the exact same thing when you go to the UN's website and just read it from them to you, not from me to you, misinterpreting it or, or drawing conclusions or whatever. Go read it for yourself. Go read it for yourself. And then I've got one more thing I'm going to show you real quick here. <clears throat> this is an interview it's quite a heavy interview to hear, but I think it's valuable. Uh, Mike Adams did it. Let me just pull it up so I can get everything right here. Okay, so I'm not going to play the interview. I was gonna, I, I was gonna edit a little bit of it so I could just give you the gist. But you guys can all go watch it yourselves. Uh, let me just get it up here. So this is a FEMA, a former FEMA employee for FEMA, Federal Emergency Management Association, or whatever. And uh, she's got some shocking things to, sh to say. So just go to BitChute. It's only available on BitChute. And where's that title? Here we go. FEMA employee warns of final depopulation move coming soon. Celeste Solem. You guys heard of this woman? She's just, she's basically telling us everything that we think. And she's like, yeah, FEMA is essentially run through a DARPA program. Um, and it's, it morphed from just being some kind of emergency management system to a human management system pretty quickly. She was there when it happened. She saw a lot of internal documentation, what she saw shocked her. And then she started leaking information to some journalists. And then she finally, uh, left and started talking about it herself. So I just want to point you to that interview. So bit shoot FEMA employee warns of final depopulation and you'll find it. But again, I'll link everything for you. Um, it's pretty heavy. I think she's convinced that they're going to pull it off. I choose to stay a little bit more optimistic. Um, but I just want to direct you to it because she says some very interesting things also about the pandemic and the virus and how she saw all this internal documentation years before 
about how they were going to do something not to just do a mass calling all at once, but they were going to do something to shut society down. And at that time, they hadn't figured out what it was they were going to do, but to shut society down so that they could bring in these new technologies and these new through these new shots. They were going to use vaccines, vaccines as the new vector for bringing in this new tech so that uh, whoever survived it would essentially be perfect for re-education and, um, and then would be the new serfs of, of the world, essentially. Um, so it sounds like a science fiction movie, but this is coming from someone who worked on the inside. So uh, it's very, very shocking, very interesting. Um, she had some interesting things to say specifically about COVID as well. The fact that it's definitely artificial. It was made in a lab. There's no, there's no leaks. It wasn't leaked accidentally. Some guy tripped and spilled it on the ground. Uh, this was purposely released into the population. This was planned. Uh, there's another good video interview you need to go watch. It's circulating right now. It's a conversation between Dr. David Martin, who I interviewed actually. Um, I'll pull something up in a minute to show you where to find all those interviews. Dr. David Martin and Dr. Reiner Fulmick. And that is a bombshell of an interview. He just did it. So Reiner Fulmick has been taking all this testimony from insiders and whistleblowers, from all these different agencies, from the WHO, from these pharmaceutical companies, from government, from public sector, everything. He's been collecting this whole year. He's been collecting testimony because he's trying to beat these suckers to the punch and do two things. He's trying to expose this agenda to the mass population and also simultaneously get legal action going and some political action going to um, bring this into a Nuremberg type trial where they can show the evidence, have the whistleblower testimony there and basically spill the beans on the whole thing so that we can stop it in its tracks. That's the goal. Um, <clears throat> so God help him on that mission. And here, I'm gonna uh, quickly go and show you where on my Rockfin channel, you can find that interview that I did with Dr. David Martin. I'm just gonna pull it up really quick here. Okay. So back to my screen share. Sorry guys, just bear with me a sec here. Okay, so go to Rockfin, R-O-K-F-I-N, Sign up for free. You get all the, if you like it, you get all these streams for free. I got lots of free content on there. I also have premium content, um, which is available to anybody that does the, I think it's like 10 bucks a month and you get everybody's premium content. It's a pretty good deal. But if you go there, this one is free. Um, you go to my channel, okay? Rockfin.com forward slash DW Truth Warrior. Then you go to Stacks. So you have this little list, you got new top videos, podcasts, et cetera, stacks. That's where you want to go. And I've created stacks. Stacks is just their way of saying playlists. You can see I got my drive with Dave. Are we alone? That's all my alien stuff. We'll get to that. Truth Warrior Classics. These are some amazing interviews that I've done. My Lord of the Rings, Warrior Mindset, Cult of Hollywood stuff, uh, Freedom, Cults of Death and Power, Martial Art videos. Okay, those are all my stacks. But if you go to Corona Chronicles, um, you will see the, the lineup I have. This is what I, these are the interviews I did in 2020, or at least some of them. I did a bunch. I got Carrie Madej, Mickey Willis. He's the maker of Plandemic 2, Dr. David Martin. This is the interview you need to go watch. Well, you should watch all of them. But Dr. David Martin, 
Yeah, all these. Just go through this playlist. Matt Presti, Rocco Galati, constitutional lawyer, Denis Rancourt. That's another good one. If you still believe all these peer-reviewed journals and stuff are the bee's knees and are the holy writ, go watch this interview I did with Denis Rancourt. He absolutely demolishes it and shows you how untrustworthy these papers are that are coming out all the time. Um, I did a COVID debate with somebody. Did a good show with Popeye. Norman Traversy, he was uh, one of the activists here in Canada that was basically trying to um, expose the human trafficking in Canada and other things. Julian JP from a book of ours, uh, my buddy Jinren, we basically debunked the fact that this was even a pandemic, even using official data. Dallas Hill, we talked about sovereignty. Alex Newman, that's a bombshell of an interview. He does a lot of good stuff. Uh, Michael Tessarian, we did some good interviews as always. Dan Dix, Canadian journalists. Dell Big Tree. So that's a th this playlist. Send it to your friends and be like, "Okay, hey, turn your Netflix off. Go watch this. If you can come out of it, these interviews and you still want to go get this shot and be a part of this program, there's no helping you." Um. So yeah. So that's that. What else did I have? Ah. Okay. I hope you guys can hear this one. Now we're going to get into some theoretical territory here, because let me ask you this, after hearing just that, and that's just a sampling and your own understanding of what I'm telling you just by using basic logic. Okay. You're probably asking the question that everybody asks, which is why, why would they do this? Why would they do this to their fellow humans? This is the question that everybody stumbles over when you even hint in any way, shape, or form that the people in power, the people in the media, the people in most positions of influence would lie to you. Why would they lie to us? That's why I can't believe you, Dave. It's just so far out of my reality that these people I've grown up trusting my whole life would lie to me, would, would have such a nefarious agenda. You must be paranoid. The reason, my friends, why a lot of people look sideways at you and don't hear you out and flip the finger at you and mock you, that's fear. That's fear. If they were a, a rational human being, they would go, well, that's kind of interesting. The, especially if you were eloquent and you had some facts, they would go, that's interesting. I'll hear you out. And you will find those people, by the way. And that's who I'm really targeting here. But to the hopelessly asleep, they will mock you. They will ridicule you. You know why? Because they're afraid that what you're saying just might be true. Deep down in their minds, even if they project this facade of being totally convinced that you're just a nut job for talking about this, deep down, the reason why they just hurl salt at you is because they're afraid to death that if like even a fraction of what you're saying is true, they have to change their whole worldview. So they're rebelling against change of their worldview. They're not really attacking you. They're attacking the truth because the truth scares them and they can't compute evil. They can't compute this agenda. Even I can't compute it, but I, there's so much smoke. There has to be fire, right? So they're going to ask you that question. That's the question in everybody's head. Why, why would they do this? I've taken my crack at it in a few previous shows that I've done. I always tell people, let, let's hold that question off. Uh, actually, um, you know the Nobel laureate guy from, I think he's from France, Luc Montagnier, who's basically saying he's like one of the world's highly regarded medical virologists or something. 
Um, he's got very high degrees and he won a Nobel laureate, which is pretty hard to do. Um, he's coming out and he's convinced that this shot is going to take everybody out within two years. Everybody that takes it. That's what he's saying. I, I, frick, I hope he's wrong, but that's just what he's saying. So as an expert of that caliber, just coming out and saying that and risking his life and his career to say it, you don't just go, oh, <laughs> it couldn't be, Dave. It couldn't be. Go tell him that. Um, but anyways, what was I saying? They can't compute why. Oh, I know what I was saying with him. He was in an interview and when he was just presenting facts about the PCR test, the lockdowns being insane, the mask being ridiculous, all that stuff. And he was saying, this, this isn't how we deal with viruses. They're trying to change science overnight and I'm catching them on it. And he thought there was something else to it. And the in interviewer asked him, I remember specifically the interviewer asked him, well, why would they do this? Why would they lie to the whole world? And he said, my job is not to speculate on why. My job is to just show you the facts about what's happening. And the facts are they're lying. That's a good answer. That's a good answer to that question. Um, the other way I answer the question of why would they do this? Another answer I give is sit with that question and let it guide you and motivate you to research more. Because you can't be shown, you can't be told the truth. You have to be shown the truth. And that means you have to show yourself the truth and experience the truth or at least experience the process of trying to find the truth, at least. So if you're asking the question, why would they want to maintain the, why do they believe in this? Why do they want to kill off humanity? Why are they poisoning everything? Why are they poisoning our ecosystem? And then blaming us for CO2 emissions. And there's plenty of evidence of them being the ones, these elite corporations and governments, being the ones in, in responsible for destroying our environment while blaming it on us. Why would they do that? Is it just about money? So for the first place people go is, oh, it's just about money. They want this vaccine out there without being tested properly, being a new form of technology and all that kind of stuff. And they're not even stopping it, even though there's now over 10,000 deaths officially reported to VAERS, which we know that's less than 1% of actual reported cases. Eurovigilance is reporting double that. And the swine flu in 76, they rolled out a vaccine and I think it was only like 50 people died and they halted the vaccine program. They're not halting this one, even though documented, they've got over 10,000 deaths. And we know that's just, that's not even the beginning of what we're going to see, according to all of those experts I've been hearing. This is, if you watch, there's a good video uh, about that. Um, again, on my TikTok, I got, I clipped it, but you can watch it. It's a full 16 minute little whiteboard presentation by Dr. Sukarit Bhakti who is one of Germany's leading virologists. He wrote scientific papers. He's top of the food chain. You don't get higher than this guy. And he's doing whiteboard presentations telling you your body, and he's explaining how it's done. Your body is a spike protein manufacturing facility now. And you're going to be a, your body is going to attack you. Your, your, your own immune system is going to attack your cells because that's what they're programming it to do. And he breaks it down. It's, it's crazy. And he's, you know, there's expert after expert. Dr. Dr. Yeadon, former vice president of Pfizer, former vice president of Pfizer, not just some low level guy that was mopping the floor. The guy's bio is like a book. And he's out there convinced as well of the same things I'm mentioning. And there's countless others, right? McCullough, 
on and on. And you just start to get to the point where you're going, well, why though? Why aren't they stopping this vaccine program? Why? They know what they're doing. It's obvious that this was all a big hoax. There was a real virus, but it wasn't what they said it was. The real weapon seems to be the shot. So you've got to ask yourself, well, why would they do that? Well, my estimation is I've presented to you why they're doing that. They are part of a climate cult, which is not a climate cult. It's actually an ancient cult. It's an ancient cult. And they have a worldview of humanity where they actually believe they are a different species of human. That's how they're behaving. There's a certain percentage of primary and secondary psychopaths who probably walk around in the world believing that they're like aliens on the planet because they have no empathy. They don't have any identification with their fellow man. Small percentage, but they're there. What is that all about? Does it exist in the animal kingdom? Psychopaths that relish in eating their own and destroying their own for the sake of not for the sake of food, not for the sake of survival, but for the sake of pleasure in death. Does that exist in the animal kingdom? It's something unique to humanity. So they would believe, though, they're a breakaway civilization of humans. What if those people, with their cunningness, with their lack of empathy, with their high IQ, it doesn't mean they're stupid. In fact, a lot of these psychopaths end up being very functional and very intelligent. And... Is it a genetic mutation? Is it something that's a mystery? Is it something else? Why would psychopaths want to hurt other humans? Well, it's because they don't, it's like, why do humans hurt animals and nature? They don't have a connection to it. Those people that do that. Psychopaths would be the same. We're just not used to thinking of it in terms of having an intraspecies type of predator like that. That what if those people are capable of things that we good average people are not capable of because we have empathy built within us. It's part of our survival. It's part of our genetic lineage. It's part of what we are. But what if this group doesn't have that? They have this advantage in the market where they can crush skulls all the way up to the top. And then you get into these ceremonies that these elite secret societies have, like cremation of care and, and all that, training you raising you, using trauma. At, at, that's what all that pedophilia is about in these cults. It's about traumatizing the psyche at a young age so that they can, re they can deprogram your humanity that you would have had growing up under normal circumstances with loving parents and a loving society and being introduced to nature and having a connection with spirit or God. Um, they disable that in the child just go listen to my interview with Jane, janestory.ca. Go listen to that. What do they do? They're grooming an army of orcs, of people who will are traumatized. And those traumatized people cremate, kill off their care for their fellow humanity because of trauma. It starts at a young age. What did the Jesuits say? Give me a child to the age of seven, I'll make the man. What do you think that's really all about? What do you think they were doing on Epstein Island? What do you think this Hollywood cult was doing? Creating an army. That's what I think. What do you think? And when you traumatize a child at that, that age, you can actually stunt the development of their empathy. And then they're an empty vessel that can be possessed 
in more ways than one and can be programmed. Look at this Mickey Mouse Club. Look at what they do. They raise these kids in Hollywood. Um, it's horrible. It's horrible. What's the, a very deep, dark world is, is currently being exposed. And there's many facets to it. And you're going to ask yourself, why, why, why? And the reason you're asking it is because you're still human. Take heart. You're still human. You haven't lost your humanity if you're asking why. If you're sitting there going, yeah, I agree with those elites. Oh, these humans are a cancer on the planet. I don't like being stuck in traffic. They got a point. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Um, so my speculation is this. There's a few different scenarios that we could entertain as to why and who. Who's doing this and for what reason. Number one, we can go with the psychopaths. Oh, there's a bunch of psychopaths. They were traumatized at birth. There's a whole cult ritual thing because psychopaths need to breed other psychopaths so that they can keep their stuff going. We can go into the whole bloodlines of the Illuminati thing and the royal families. We can go into the whole, um, even just ideological descendants, people that have a worldview where they uh, genuinely have been mind controlled or mind controlled themselves into believing this crap. And, um, and then, you know, so there's that level where we can keep it on the human level, the normal human level, where it's just some corrupted people. They're doing it for the money. Some people are doing it for the money, but I'm talking about the, the real architects here. Okay. They're not doing it for the money. They created money. They own the printing presses of money. Okay. They run the bank of international settlements in Switzerland. They run the federal reserve system. They run and own it all. They run the oil industry, the pharma industry, the military industrial complex, the media, those people, they're not doing it for the money. If you think so, just don't kid yourself. There's something else afoot. So then you go, okay, then I'll go to psychopathy. They're psychos. They're crazy. Okay. Does that really answer everything though? Maybe. I think there's an element of that. But what if we go a little bit further? How old is this? How ancient is it? How could this be something that's preserved to this level? Sorry, my girls are doing a theatrical performance upstairs. If you hear some bangs and stuff, that's just what it is. Dad life as a podcaster. Um, but what if we're dealing with something that is not human? At least in the way I could stretch it a little bit further and just say, let's just push a little further past just psychopath. Let's go to the next level of, well, so there, there's some psychology we could get into. Yeah, that answers some things. But then we get to the next level and we go, okay, but even people, like eventually a moral conscience comes in at some point. Like there's, what are all these whistleblowers? They used to go along with the agenda in the media. What are all these journalists now coming out and blowing the whistle with Veritas and all these doctors blowing the whistle and uh, these people that worked at FEMA blowing the whistle and these people that worked in the World Health Organization blowing the whistle. And the World Economic Forum blowing the whistle. These are people that went along for a time, had a con crisis of conscience, and then switched. And when I can't do this anymore, I'm going to blow the whistle. People coming from within the CDC, right? Etc. DARPA. God, there's whistleblowers coming out all over the place right now, which is a good thing. But that means that you could go down the path of following this this agenda, 
And maybe you only knew your little part in it and then woke up to how horrifying it was and then blew the whistle. Or maybe you knew and you went along with it. Maybe you were compromised because they use blackmail. That's a huge component to all how mafias and criminal organizations are run is having blackmail on people so that when they do switch back to their humanity again and go, you know what, I'm having a crisis of conscience, they can just slap all the pictures and video tapes they have of you doing some dark evil shit. And then you're going to work for them as a slave working against your conscience, but they got you by the balls. There's that. But what I'm bringing that up for is to say that if it was just psychopath, if it was just some psychology and some corrupted people that believed a bunch of nonsense, um, then we, yeah, we would see them wake up later and then come out and blow the whistle and try to fix things. Right. But with these people at the tippy top, with the level of organization, just think about the level of this, guys. Think about how old this is, how long this has been going. Even if we just go back to 1968, even if we just go back to like maybe even before that, let's go start with like World War I. Get into just from that period of time, the last 200 years or so till now, that little block window of time. Who has been able to? have a consistent push, a consistent slow push over different generations towards the same agenda for 200 years. And that's, a, that's something I'd have to unwrap for you. Fuck, endless amount of podcast, like the books I've got here, the evidence that the statements, they're the same. If you read the statements of like HG Wells and then even Hitler and Stalin and those guys, and then you read the Club of Rome and the UN, the original founders of the UN and the and Paul Ehrlich, and you put it all together, and then you go back even in time with Nero, and you know, you just read all these statements. These elites have had this ideology for a long time. It's not new. It didn't just start when they founded the UN. It's it's ancient. And it's it's remained at a certain level of consistency, slowly pushing this agenda towards what they call this new world order. It's not what I'm calling it. That's what they called it. That's what David Rockefeller and Kissinger and Bush and all those bastards called it. They want to reshape the world. So you could go, oh, it's just about power then. That's what it is. It's just about power. And they just don't care. Could be. But I'm trying to take this to the next level now just as a theory, just as a, as something. Cause the other question I started having with all this, um, stuff coming out of all this UFOs and all that. I mean, I've studied that subject for 20 years. I've interviewed everybody, go to my rock fin, go look at the, uh, are we alone series of the people I've interviewed and just, you know, the, the literature around that. I know everybody's got their opinions about it, but opinions be damned, man. The truth is the truth, whatever it is, something, something in someone is flying around in our airspace with complete carte blanche, unmatched, in and out, been reported by people of different periods of time, different countries, doing things that it's just impossible to imagine that they're just sitting on that kind of technology. Because if let's say China is developing these UFOs or the Nazis did it, and then they just hid it in black projects, which there's a part of that for sure, but if it was all just human-made stuff, why haven't they just taken over the whole planet with it? Like if China made that stuff or Russia or someone else like that were making these Tic Tac UFOs and all this stuff, why, are they, why, why haven't they used that technology to literally just take over the whole planet? 
I don't know, there's speculation that these are people, time travel exists and these are people from the future coming to do a little tour of earth. Um, the other way you could look at it is you could understand that we live in a universe teeming with life and you could go and listen maybe with some different fresh ears to what the ancients were saying in all these myths, legends, and scriptures and books. 30,000 ancient documents, says Jack Berenger, 30,000 plus ancient documents that are just the fragmentary scraps of what wasn't burned or sequestered throughout history talk about advanced beings either already living on the earth before humanity came, who believe they own the earth and that they created humanity, or these texts indicate that beings were visiting from the sky, coming from elsewhere. What is this stuff about the Nephilim and the Anunnaki and all this? What about the legends from all over the world of these subterranean species that don't like to be known? And if you think that's far-fetched, they didn't even discover that a panda existed until only about 100 years ago or even less. It was a myth until they finally discovered that it was living in a place in nature that humans never tread. It was too thick, to the heart of darkness in nature. And then finally one moseyed into a village and they documented it and now humanity knew about it. We're finding new species in the ocean every other day. We're finding new planets in our own galaxy and in solar system every other week. I listen to the statements of people like Giordano Bruno, Dominican monk, coming out during the Middle Ages, talking about how, you know, there are, there's beings inhabiting other planets in the same way that we inhabit our planet. So you just think, you go, wow. And I'm just, guys, I'm just putting it out. I'm not trying to go all sci-fi on you. I'm just putting out some answers. I don't know. There's got to be something happening here. If you put it all together, all this stuff with deep underground bases and maglev trains and off-world ships or advanced technology that we know nothing about that they're hiding from us, does that mean that there's elite groups on the planet that are like what Richard Dolan suggested as being a breakaway civilization that are, they're leaving the earth and coming back and leaving and coming back. They've already like, what, what's the answer to all this stuff, all this stuff that's all paranormal and weird and out in the fringe. It's, it, it exists. It's there. Is it all just misinterpretation and swamp gas and bullshit or is there something to it? I think there's something to it. I just, what else is it? You could come from the religious perspective and go, oh, it's just a spiritual war between angels and demons. It's out in some other dimension somewhere. Maybe that's true. Whatever it is, it's not human. Whatever it is, it's not you and me. You and me don't want this. We don't want to have mass genocide happen in this world. We don't have that in our radar. We're not, you know? So there's something else happening here. That's big. That's all I know, guys. I know enough to know that it is so big that we can't even imagine how big it is. That's what I know. That I, that I don't know how that I know that doesn't sound like an answer, but it's just that's I know enough to know that when you pull back the curtain about how deep and wide and big and massive and ancient and pervasive this is, it's absolutely mind blowing. Because, and we're just witnessing the, we live in the world of effects, right? We wake up, we watch some shows, we watch the news, we talk to people, the, the world happens, everybody starts wearing masks and this whole thing just begins. We're, we're given, a, we're operating in a very narrow bandwidth of information. 
Everything's happening in the periphery. We think we know what we're doing. We think we know what's happening. We think we're the dominant species on the planet. We think we science figured everything out. We think we can trust these people in power. We think we're getting good information. We think we know it all. What if we know squat and we're on someone's farm? What else do you, like, what else are we? What is happening? What's happening right now? We're being treated like farm animals. We've had plenty of genius minds write about this over time, whistleblowers, et cetera, as I've said. There's something big going on. I just want to know what. So as the Titanic sinks, at least I know why it's sinking. And let's hope it doesn't sink before there's leaves a few life rafts. Um, but with that said, so there's my little segue. So we can go this agenda for depopulation and total global dominance is run by a bunch of psychopaths that are greedy. Okay. It's a spiritual war between other dimensional beings. All right. It's an extra, there's an extraterrestrial component, meaning there's something not of this earth, or at least maybe is the, is the original, one of the original lines on the earth. We came later. I got a whole big, massive book here by Lloyd Pye called Everything You Know is Still Wrong because it's his part two to his first book that came out in the 90s called Everything You Know is Wrong. This is a compendium of science, research, history on all the things we think we know. And he goes through scores of data in there to show that the human genome, what's going on in human genetics, shows evidence of tinkering and genetic alteration. That would have had to, it's not just happening in the last 20 years because of DARPA. This is ancient. It's just shocking when you, when you think about that. What if these Sumerian tablets and all that stuff, there's something to it? So what if this program of human management has been in effect for a long time and the owners or the people that believe themselves the owners, the invaders, um, or they believe they're the rightful uh, inheritors of the earth or whatever, their bloodlines are the only ones that are to survive, whatever. Uh, what if they've been genetically tinkering with humanity for a long time? And that's what all this is, all this stuff with the mRNA vaccine and all that is just a continuation of an ancient program. Who runs that shit? David Rockefeller? Pfft, he's dead and gone. Cog in a wheel. What's really going on? Who are these people sacrificing Humanity too. What's with all this sacrificing the virgin stuff? What is all that about? I don't know. I'm just asking questions. I'm asking questions. So with that, we will finally get to this clip. I hope you guys can uh, hear it. Let me try to bring it up. This is from Phil Schneider. <clears throat> and it's just, it, I don't know why, but this guy keeps coming up for me. It has for a while, so I'm just going with it. Um, let me try to go full screen here. Give me a sec here, guys. We get this production ready for you. Oh, they picked good music too for this. Okay, hold on. Uh, make sure I share screen. 
Okay. I didn't watch the whole thing through, so we'll just watch. I, I'm hoping they have this clip that I'm looking for here. This is one of um, Phil Schneider's presentations or a clip from it that, I mean, he was a geologist for the government. He had top secret clearance. He did a bunch of talks in the 80s and 90s. He was eventually murdered, according to his own wife, uh, for talking about what he knew. Um, he said he ran into some subterranean beings in these tunnels and that the Air Force, the military has known about the agenda to depopulate this planet for over 40 years. This is what he was talking about in the 90s. And that he says the New World Order and the alien agenda are one and the same. So if you don't like the term extraterrestrial, you can insert whatever character you think is doing this. But um, it's an interesting piece of information. So let's just watch a little bit of this. scary indeed and tell you what the alien agenda is it's going to sound very familiar the alien agenda is the complete takeover of this planet the killing off of five six to seven eighths of the world's population by the year 2029 u.s military has known about this for 45 years they've told no one as far as I know, I'm the only person standing before a crowd talking about the alien agenda, secretively. I'm Phil Schneider. Uh, I spent 17 years in black budget programs. Um, government geologist, as engineer structural engineer with aerospace applications, uh, self-taught metallurgist, became uh, uh, kind of famous in my own right. Up here I have different artifacts uh, explaining uh, some of them are alien metals that have been produced both on this planet and the confines of outer space that are now used in all stealth aircraft. All stealth aircraft, for instance, all black jets, uh, what you're seeing of, of black helicopters and the like, uh, the skins and the coatings and the residues that are used predominantly in the, in the aircraft themselves, in the airframes and the, in the rotor blades and the fans. and in some cases in submarines, uh, special titanium hulls, and the Phoenix-class submarines now. Uh, all these come from, all this has come from alien technology. 1947 is what the public has been told. Uh, something crashed in the backyard in New Mexico, a place called Roswell, New Mexico. Unfortunately, that's what the public's been told. The military's known about the alien question for the better part of 70 years, and they first saw their glimpse of what was going on as early as 1909 in the American Southwest. Now, Army cavalry 
evidently were chasing some bandits and they entered his cave. They were holed up in a cave and what they found in there was flying discs and, and little gray guys and all kinds of weird things and they didn't know how to explain that and they wrote them down as best they could and it's been in secret archives ever since. That's up in the, that's in the down by the Truth and Consequences uh, area of New Mexico. Well, the alien thing is more than just a, what I'd call a non-visible threat. We on the surface, first of all, all information dealing with alien or alien reproduced technology or alien reproduced vehicles or any other kinds of things, well hidden from the American public. Our black budget, for instance, garners one point oh two three trillion dollars every two years. How can we seriously consider a fifty billion dollar increase in the defense budget when DOD's own auditors DOD's own auditors say the department cannot account for $2.3 trillion in transactions in one year alone. It's over $500 billion a year. Right now, there are 131 active deep underground military bases in the United States. There's 1,477 of them worldwide. Each one has an average cost of 17 to 19 billion dollars. Each one is uh, built in the site. Uh, oh, it used to be it'd take a year to two years to build each one, and now they're capable of building a couple of them a year uh, with sophisticated methods. Now, uh, my colleague uh, Al Bielik has actually been on some of the high-speed railways. Uh, the Magneto-Leviton trains that connect all the deep underground military bases within the United States. He's been on a Mach 2 train and floats off of, floats off of a single rail at a, a three-quarters of an inch off the rail and is uh, what you'd call high-tech. We have nothing like this on the surface. Uh, the public basically has been totally lied to. We're considered stupid or even moronic in some cases. Uh, it's got to stop. If, if we're going to gain our country back, we must, and I repeat, must, regain, we must instill in our public officials, anybody that goes and does public service, they must tell us the truth. If they cannot do this, then, then they must be impeached or they must, must be removed from office. If this cannot occur, if, if the truth cannot totally come out, then, then I, there are reasons for secrecy, for instance, but if the truth cannot totally come out, uh, what's the use in us having anything called freedom? Wow. <clears throat> so, let me just kill that. So, yeah. <laughs> let me know what you guys think. It makes me think of that film, They Live, and The Matrix, and all the movies. What have they been telling us? What's really going on with this stuff, guys? What's really going on? It's just a, it's just an idea. 
It's got to be one of those options that I gave you. One of those options. Psychopaths, spiritual beings, physical beings that want what we would want if we went to another planet. It's not that hard to think about. We farm species of life on this planet that we consider to be lower than us. What if what uh, Carlos Castaneda has said about the predator coming from the depths of the cosmos to raise us as chickens in, in chicken coops, you know, and on and on we could go. What if there's something to that? We're not just dealing with a political situation. <laughs> We're dealing with a galactic, multidimensional situation. That is, we just see the little effects of the movement of the pieces on the big grand chessboard. What are these secret societies holding as secret? What is the big secrets? Why don't they disclose any of this stuff? You get a DNI report that comes out that was a freaking joke. And there's a couple of good things in there, but it was a joke. They'll never admit it. Although, who knows, maybe there's other people that think we're into disclosure. I don't know. I ju I'm just saying it makes more sense to think that it would be something other than human that would want to knock off the vast majority of humans on the planet to be able to terraform it in a way that they would find more suitable to them and to maintain their 500 million or whatever, or maybe even two, whatever number they want so that they could have serfs. Um, oh, Guys, you got, now I'm thinking, let me go to, um, on, hold on, follow this for a second. <clears throat> okay. Let me, let's, let's look at this together here. This is on the fly, not planned. That's why I love live shows. Okay. So if we go to my colleague's website, michaeltessarian.com, my colleague and my good friend, and by the way, I hope you guys are all signed up at Unslaved, best podcast on the planet. Um, you go to michaeltessarian.com. You can go down to his book. So he's got all of his different books here. He's got websites for all the topics that he discusses. Go to Atlantis Alien Visitation and Genetic Manipulation. I have that book. I have the actual copy of that book, but you can get it on Kindle. Uh, let me just make sure you guys are watching this with me. Yes, you are. Okay. Oh, wait, it, this opened up. Hold on. We're going to switch sites here. <clears> Hold <throat> oh, air. There we go. That's better. Okay. One thing that Michael is an absolute master at is getting sources. And I've, you will never find a collection of sources like you'll find in his books and in his work and what we've documented on Unslaved, about a variety of topics, okay? And check out this quote. It comes from a Sumerian creation epic. It says, I will create a primitive. Man shall be his name. I shall create a primitive worker. He will be charged with service to the gods that they might have their ease. What do you really think the gods are? Okay, there's the um, ast you know the astral theological metaphorical uh, concept that was projected onto the heavens, where people looked at planets as gods and every movement in the stars as gods, and then they had different ways of trying to interpret the fact that I, there is a god, there is a, a god something, um, but there was different ways of interpreting it throughout history, but that got mixed up 
with actual historical events of visitations from beings or pre presentations by beings that were far more advanced than humanity was at that time. So was this Sumerian creation epic talking about uh, being in service to the gods, which are just a bunch of planets that humans anthropomorphize the god character onto? Uh, were they talking about in service to actual gods like Zeus and Apollo and, you know, Jesus and all this stuff? Or are they talking about service to the gods? What humanity at that time would interpret as being godlike beings, presenting technology, knowledge, etc., that would have seemed impossible, that would have seemed magical, yet it's just really technological. So Michael's contention in his book is that when we're dealing with the question of aliens, we're not dealing, he's not there to deal with the question of whether we're talking about just some spiritual beings. And we did an interview called, uh, you can get it on my Spotify or my Podbean and iTunes. Um, and I think I put it up also on my Rumble. It should be on my Rumble and my BitChute. Um, we called it Fallen Angels in the Underground World. And Michael and I lay out that case that we're dealing with beings like us that are also not like us, meaning we have a physical nature and dimension, and there's also a spiritual, cosmic, other dimension, dimensionality to all beings. So to only class, so his question was, if this is all just spiritual beings, what do they want? Why, why would spiritual beings that don't, they live in some other airy-fairy dimension somewhere, what would they have with plundering physical beings or physical? Why would they need spacecrafts and stuff to get around? They're spirits. They can fly around. They can morph in and out of time and space. They can do all this stuff, right? Um, according to all the legends. So if we're dealing with technological races of people that would develop technology and science teams would come here to um, visit this planet and some might come here just for some uh, some reason, some documentation of the species on this planet. Uh, some might be here for other reasons. Some might be just exploring. Some might be here to come and go, hey, they got some shiny resources. And the biggest resource of all is their genetic code because they're unique. Maybe something like that's going on. But anyways, it's the question we're dealing with. So his contention is that we're dealing with physical people from elsewhere and also a possibility of... Um, you know, you get into the whole hollow earth thing. That's a freaking mind trip. Uh, the fact that we're dealing with subterranean species and human beings are just the, the, the surface dwellers, right? Something weird like that. But anyways, he goes through and finds all the sources for this in his book. And uh, here we go. This is the summary. And this is a quote from Lawrence Gardner. Lawrence Gardner says, it took man over a million years to progress from using stones as he found them to the realization that they could be chipped and flaked to better purpose. It then took another 500,000 years before Neanderthal man mastered the concept of stone tools and a further 50,000 years before crops were cultivated and metallurgy was discovered. Hence, by all scales of evolutionary reckoning, we should still be as far removed from any basic understanding of mathematics, engineering, or science. But here we are, only 7,000 years later, landing probes on Mars. So how did we inherit this wisdom and from whom? And so here's the uh, questions in this book. Where and what was Atlantis? Who were the Atlanteans? Why do we habitually think of aliens and extraterrestrials as good and helpful? Were they tutors or tyrants? 
Who or what were the fallen angels? Is, is Homo sapiens a hybrid created by beings from another planet? Was the evidence of genetics known in ancient times? Are you Homo sapiens or Homo Atlantis? How did evil come into the world? There's the big question of the day. What is the difference between Atlantis and Lemuria? Did the Ice Age really happen? Did Eve cause the fall of man? Why have women been slaughtered and suppressed? Who built the great megaliths and why? Why has our technological expertise outreached our spiritual development? There's another shiny question for you. Who governs from behind the thrones of government and religion? Boom, bada, bing. Are the royals related to ancient to the ancient Anunnaki? Is this what we're talking about? The preservation of the original lines? Who or what are the reptilians? Is the new world order really something new? What is the purpose of black budget, black budget projects such as HARP? You could throw DARPA in there too and others. Why are towns and cities laid out as they are? Get into um, Scott Onstott, Secrets in Plain Sight. That will blow your mind when it comes to how accurate and mathematically perfect all of the cities of the world are and how lined up they are. Who did that? <laughs> A couple old masons wearing some aprons? I don't think so. Um, why has our planet been drenched in blood from wars and crime? Are wars part of an elaborate evil ritual? War, you could add wars, you could add pandemics. Just go watch the uh, 2012 closing ceremonies of the Olympics in Beijing uh, or wherever it was. Um, are we purposely kept in a state of psychic trauma? Remember I told you about trauma, altering your level of empathy and connection to nature, God, and humanity? So who benefits from keeping us constantly in fear, anxiety, and trauma? What do the legends of Ireland teach us about today's world? So this is where Michael's unique expertise comes in here, where he was the one to unpack the ancient Celtic, Irish, and Western magical traditions that have been lost and nobody really talks about. They all focus on Egypt, Samaria, etc. Uh, there's a whole chapter of very similar material coming out of the iron Irish legends and the connection of Ireland to Atlantis, etc. So it's just, it's incredible. So you, in this, on this part of the site, let me just make sure you guys can still see it. Yeah. On this part of the site, go to the appendix. Okay. And in the appendix, so Michael, what he did with this book is he wrote his theories out and he presented the, the, the quotes and all the different stuff, the research. And then the last whole, basically almost like the last quarter of the book is all appendix where it's all sources. So you can go on the journey yourself and see if you come to the same or different conclusions. And then he included bonus appendix right here on the website. So you can go to pre-Diluvian civilizations and catastrophism, something that science is repulsed by. They're afraid of that subject. <laughs> I wonder why. Ancient technology and the modern deception. So basically there's nothing new under the sun, folks. It's all been done before. The Stargate, meaning are these beings quarantined here? Are we quarantined here? Who quarantined us, etc.? Uh, evidence from ancient texts and scriptures. This is just, you could read this forever. There's so much. Uh, UFO sightings and other anomalies. Adamic man. The serpent race. The serpent race. What's with all the serpent symbolism all over the place? There's different meanings for that symbol, but what does it mean to these people? Uh, the giants, giantism, that'll... Like there's a credible story to be told about giants, ancient and the discoveries, et cetera, that have been all buried. Uh, genetics and secret science. Get This is where I was talking about the Lloyd Pye stuff, getting into the fact that um, human genetics look like cloned sheep kind of thing. 
the hollow earth. That's, that's awesome. That's an awesome subject. And then more resources and references. And a little quote here from the Popol Vuh. It is said that those ones were created and shaped. They had no father. They had no mother. Yet they were called men. They were not born of woman. They were not produced by creators and shapers, nor by Alom and Kafalom. Only by a miracle, by magic, were they created and shaped. What do they say about magic just being a description that we give something that we don't understand until the technology finally comes out to, to explain it? Are we talking about genetic engineering here in the Popol Vuh? One of the most ancient pieces of work on the planet. Uh, we've got the Book of Enoch. The words of the blessing of Enoch, wherewith he blessed the effect and the righteous, who will be living in the day of tribulation, when all the wicked and godless are to be removed. Oh my God, I hope that's that's going to happen. Um, and he took up his parable and said, Enoch, a righteous man whose eyes were opened by God, saw the vision of the Holy One in the heavens, which the angels showed me, and from them I heard everything, and from them I understood as I saw, but not for this generation, but for a remote one, which is which is for to come. The vision of the Holy One in the heavens, which the angels showed me. Who are the angels? The angles. Who are they, really? Then two huge men appeared to me, the like of which I had never seen on earth. Giants. Their faces were like the shining sun. Their eyes were like burning lamps. From their mouths, fire was coming forth. Their clothing was various various singing. Their wings were more glistening than gold. Their hands were whiter than snow. And they took me up onto their wings and carried me up to the first heaven and placed me on the clouds. And behold, they were moving. There I perceived the air higher up and higher still. I saw the ether. It just goes on and on. And this is just, he, there's so much source material on this that it's, Again, where there's smoke, there's fire, in my opinion. I could read this website to you all day, but uh, I'll let you guys go browse it. So bring it a full circle. Um, oh, someone's asking about if there's a mod. I probably should get some mods. Don't be, don't be bugging each other, guys. Just chill out in there. Let's have some civil conversations and prove the elites wrong. <laughs> Um, anyways, um, what was I going to say? You have to think about this on your own. I'm, I'm just here to give you the information. We're all trying to figure this out. Okay. So I'm not here to make any declarative final words on anything. Okay. That's not my intention with this show. I'm just like you. I just happen to have a curious mind and have spoken to some of the most brilliant people during these this process of doing my show and collecting this. I'm a collector. I'm a collector. I've been collecting this stuff for 18 years. And um, it's pretty shocking to me that stuff that, you know, people like this, you know, Dr. Stan Monteith. Anybody remember that gentleman? God rest his soul. Just a short little book. Brotherhood of Darkness, laying out the agenda, on and on, murder by injection, the occult conspiracy, America's secret establishment, what else I got? Like there's so many sources here from really smart, intelligent people that have been talking about this agenda in and they all have their own, they all had their own theory about what it was and what, but forget all that. When you're researching, you have to look at multiple pieces of information. You can't just go, 
oh, that guy said that one thing that I don't agree with. So therefore the whole thing goes out and the, no, that's not how you do research. That's a, that's a level of arrogance and immaturity that we need to get rid of. You need to be able to look at all sources, even from the dark side and learn from them and go, what do you, what do you guys really want? What's happening? What's the picture? We're detectives. We're getting little puzzle pieces and we're constantly trying to shift around and do the edging and try to fill in the center so we can get a big picture of what's going on. And that's a responsibility that we all have, especially when we now know we can't trust our elected officials, our selected officials. We can't trust the mainstream media. <laughs> I don't know how I even have to say that. Like, are you serious? How does anybody still trust these people? We can't trust big pharma. We can't trust these people. They are criminals. They have lied. They have done evil that you can't even imagine. They have killed more people than all these wars. How are you trusting these people? How are you trusting people that fund organizations that are telling you to wear two masks and take a shot that in, are involved in a belief system that there's too many human beings on the planet? How do you, how do you walk around and trust them? It's in stone in the Georgia Guidestones. They put it in stone in eight language. They put it right in your face. They tell you there's too many of you. We got ways that we can get rid of you and still maintain equity and rights. I don't know what the hell that means. What else would it be? And yet we still trust these people. It blows me away. It I, I'm literally like, what? But I know it's because another thing that these people are really good at is putting the truth right in your face. So like our eyes, we're bifocal, right? We got two eyes. And if you see your hand like this, okay, if we get, bring your hand, the closer you bring your hand to your face, the less you can tell what's covering your eyes and what's in front of your face. You're like, I got something blocking my face. It's right there. And then you got to back out, back out, back out. And then you go, oh, it's a hand. <laughs> I don't know if it's a dumb example, but whatever. You know what I'm saying. They put the truth right in front of your face. It's in all the movies. It's in all the music videos. It's in freaking stone in eight languages in Georgia. It's written in all the books of these elites. It's on the UN website. It's on the World Economic Forum website. It's in the statements, the public statements by Bill Gates and many other people, Paul Ehrlich, Rockefeller, Kissinger, Ted Turner, etc. right in your face. And then this stuff happens. And we just go, oh, it, it must, it, it, it must just be about a virus. We just got to do this for another couple of weeks. And yeah, they, we can trust them with these experimental shots. You know, they got, there's nothing, nothing evil going on at all. We, there's no alarm bells. There's no alarm bells. All those guys are crazy talking about conspiracy. What are we, what are conspiracy theorists doing? What do people like me do? Do I come up and just pull shit out of my ass and go, oh, this is the, or do I show you Chapter and verse from the horse's mouth, the people themselves, their own statements, documenting their own actions. So go give your local conspiracy theorist a big, a big hug and thank them and toast them and apologize and join in with research. We need help. This is a new movement here. We're looking at a labyrinth. You think we're going to get it all right? Are you kidding me? How are you going to get all this right all the time? But I'll tell you, we get way more right than the mainstream media does. Right in front of your face the whole time.
And that's part of the ritual because these people believe in that. That's their belief. They're part of a cult. They have a doctrine, just like you do, whatever church or synagogue or mosque or whatever you go to, yoga club. You have your own little mantras and, and rules and etiquettes. Even in my dojos, we have dojo coons and dojo etiquettes. We have our little system of laws and rules. They have theirs. And one of theirs is they know karma is real. They know there's a cyclic uh, energy. They know that action, reaction. They know the whole thing. So they know in order, to, in order to be given dominion over humanity, humanity has to accept them as their master. In order to be able to get away with culling off 90 plus percent of the human population, they know it has to be done by consent. Otherwise, they would just release a big Ebola plague and be done with it, right? Why the games? Why the games? See, they couldn't. The reason they didn't kill it, and I don't believe they're gonna, I don't believe they're gonna release a big bioweapon virus. They've had these things locked up for decades. They could have released them a long time ago. They've been writing about this shit since the 20s. They could have taken us out a million times over, but they didn't. Why? Because they just didn't get it to the point with their technology where we would consent to it. That clears their conscience. It clears their karma. They don't get, the whole universe doesn't come crushing down on them if we consent to it. And you're going to say, yeah, but they're, they're lying to us to get our consent. That's why they're evil. <laughs> that's the, yeah, they are. But that's not a rule that blocks them from it. You know what I'm saying? They believe their karma is still intact, that they're still following universal law. As long as we line up like sheep to go get their experimental whatevers and follow their rules and tune into their CNNs and laugh and mock the real truth tellers and hang them on crosses and put them in asylums and throw them into the dustbins and ignore them, they look at it as, well, they did it to themselves. They're not fit to survive because they're too easily swayed. Their own vices get in their way and we could put it right in their face and they'll believe it's all science fiction. But we did our disclaimer. We put the fine print in there everywhere. And that's what I've done. Once I learned this, guys, I realized you can find that there's nothing's hidden. Nothing's really hidden. It's not hidden. It's right in front of your face. And that's the game. And there's a sick joke that they have. Sick game. So after all that, I told you we're not going to leave this with doom and gloom. Remember this. Every problem that we create can also be solved by us. And I'm talking as an individual in your life. If you're suffering from ill health, there are proactive steps you can do to regain optimal health. Yep, it's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take time. It's going to take some pain. It's going to take some money. It's going to take changing a lot of habits, rewiring the way you think about your food and your lifestyle and your sleeping patterns. But if you want health, you can make a choice. You can go to the merchants of death, the cult of the medics, for a bunch of Band-Aid solutions that cause a whole cascade of other problems and lead to those statistics of cancer and heart disease and shit. Or you can take the authority and the power back into your life, like my previous guest, 
Julie that I had on that was a nutritionist and she came in and was like, there's a host of things that we can do to prepare the immune system and, and give it all the nutrition it needs and all the sunlight and all the stuff that it needs so that it will take care of you no matter what virus they throw at us. But it requires work. It requires personal responsibility. It requires you to exercise your freedom and your free will. So free will is the way out. Freedom is the way out. We can't just continue to sit back and point and blame the globalists and the dark cabal. Because they're, yeah, they're evil and they're doing this shit, but they're getting away with it because we're letting them. So that's the solution. If you want any kind of change in your life, you, you got to stop asking, what's the world doing to me to keep me down? All these social justice, what's the world doing hating me and stopping me from progressing? It's not them. And even if they were, what are you going to do about it? A real warrior, a real successful person gets up and goes, even if there's obstacles in front of me, I'm going to get to where I want to be. Free will exercised, freedom earned. And so the elites, they know, the dark cabal elites, they know that you have free will. They've been trying to put their soothsayers out there to tell you free will is an illusion. It's all psychological determinism. The whole universe is just a big mechanical dead thing and there's no soul or spirit or consciousness or nothing. They've been lying through their teeth to you. But what is it? They're lying to you. What's the free will? Choose to believe it or choose not to believe it. They came out and they said, guys, masks are mandatory. And you went, oh, they're mandatory. Oh, okay. They're, they're arresting people and choke slamming people in the street for not wearing masks. Oh, I better wear masks. And because everybody believed them, everybody did it. And then they got away with it. And now they're saying, well, you can take the mask off if you want to. Ah, but you got to get our shot which is causing record numbers of deaths and, and uh, injuries right now. But that is a way out of the mask. That is the only way out of this mess. And you go, well, I do want to go to Mexico for a week. So I'll go get the shot. And they're like, check, next. Free will. If more people had free will, had constitutional internal sovereignty, None of this shit would be happening. None of it. We wouldn't have corrupt politicians. We wouldn't have big mega central banks running our economy into the ground and looting and pillaging us while we sleep. We wouldn't have a corrupt media. If we, if we stop tuning into the media, they die. It's this amazing thing. This game is about consciousness. It's about where is humanity focusing that light of consciousness? That's the light they want. That's what that Illuminati shit is all about. Blinding you by the light and then feeding off of your light. And they get you, oh, they distract you. Like magicians, like hypnotists. I point your attention over there because wherever attention goes, wherever attention flows, energy flows, right? So they know this. So they've got us in this situation where we're at the edge of extinction now. But did you see how they did it? They didn't breach our free will. They just whispered little sweet nothings into our ear and, and weaponized our virtues against us and kept us dumbed down. 
and made us believe that they're all powerful and made us believe that there's no way out and made us believe that there's nothing else to life but to be ruled over and government is God. We are enslaving ourselves. That's the good news. <laughs> I know it doesn't sound like good news, but think about it. If we're enslaving ourselves by all of us following these Jim Joneses that are leading the world over the edge of a cliff, then that means we can stop following these guys and we can maybe follow our own inner kingdom of heaven for once. Take back our freedom by claiming our free will again and saying, you know what? We have to want freedom, truth, and justice so bad that we're willing to say, I'm going to follow that even if this system gets to a point where they want to just come and arrest me and take me from my home and throw me in FEMA camps and whatever they want to do, at least I never sold my soul to the devil by giving up my free will. At least I stayed free. Live free and die hard. That's the motto. That's what you have to have. You have to have that level of skin in the game because you, you're in that game, whether you believe it or not right now, you'll remember these words down the road. Trust me. Where they want to go with this, it ain't pretty, but it can be stopped. It can be stopped if we stop giving them our mental energy, if we stop giving them our time, if we stop giving them our money, if we stop giving them all that, and we just go, no, you guys are not the rightful leaders. You're not the directors of the ship of state. You're not the directors of where our countries are going to go and where our lives are going to go and where this world is going to go. You don't own this place. So you take it back by taking back your own internal sovereignty because you can't force the whole world to get on board with this, guys. The people that have gone and walked over the edge of the cliff and done what all the soothsayers told them to do, their fate is sealed. And I hope we're all wrong about what's coming in the fall and the winter and over the next year or two. But we all know either way, this is a big system of control in the end. And the people that are signing on to this B system, they're going to get everything they paid for and more. Trust me. They just don't know it yet. They don't want to know. You have to want to know. And if more of us do, which I see it happening, there are guys, you know, everything I'm talking about, have, we've been talking about this for decades. There's a lot of people that know this. There's a lot of people that know this. A lot of good people, a lot of very high flying people, people at the top. There's people on the inside at the top levels that are fighting this as well. Just so you know, it's not just us little serfs on the farm. There are some of the top people at, at top positions in government, military, media, business, banking that are fighting this, the legal system, the medical system. Just look at all these people coming out of the woodwork. So I just, I'll end this with saying, just keep repeating to yourself. When you feel afraid of this, when you're watching stuff that's pretty dark and scary, and of course we all feel that, just tell yourself this. You're not alone. And evil's not the only force at work in the world. It's not the only show in town. It's not over till it's over. And it's not over yet. And that should give you some resolve. Sometimes we got to be put up against the wall in order for us to evolve. And that's what this is on the big level. I don't think they're going to get away with their final solution. These people, these dark Satanists or whatever, they're not going to get away with it because too many people are waking up. Too many good people are fighting. 
And every person out there that starts to point their consciousness out of the matrix and towards the truth, freedom, and justice, the more people that do that, the more that hundredth monkey quantum entanglement experiment or uh, system unfolds and it causes exponential amounts of conscious energy towards solving this and ending this and pulling ourselves out of it and refusing to go along with it and bringing back that good spirit of rebellion again that says no here and no further william wallace woken up ready to go we have to have that level of resolve because it's literally a life or death situation at this point in my opinion that's just where i'm at i don't know where else to be with it after everything I've seen and witnessed, I don't know where else to be with it. So it's not over. I think we're just getting started. There's a big battle to come. But I think truth wins in the end. And I'm sticking with it. And I don't think we're alone on all the different planes either. I don't think there's just bad guys out there. I think we also got some help. We'll see how it plays out. Anyways, guys, I got to run. I got to let you go. Thank you so much for joining me, supporting the show. If you found something in this show that resonated with you, please help me share this out. Help me by sharing out my website. Let people know about it. I'm trying to regain uh, some following here on my as I'm uh, in the dark web here. Um, although I'm, I'm loving the fact that we've got Foxhole. We've got uh, these sensor-free platforms, Rockfin, et cetera, that are, um, are still up and running. Uh, there's probably a lot more coming on that, by the way. So if you if if they ever do any big shutdowns, make sure you join my mailing list um, on my website so I can stay in touch with you. And hey, if we have to go back to handing out flyers in the streets, that's what we're going to do. Uh, it is what it is. But uh, thank you so much for supporting it. Keep supporting alternative media. Um, and remember, vote with your dollars. Vote with your energy. Uh, put Become the change you want to see. And uh, we're going to go and win this together. So thanks, everybody, for joining me. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on on Wednesday. Did I have anybody booked? Let me see. I don't have anybody booked. So if I don't get anybody booked by Wednesday, I'm doing a call with John Paul Rice tomorrow. Maybe I'll see if he wants to come on or someone like that. But if I don't have anybody on Wednesday, I'll do another uh, presentation for you. And uh, we got a lot more coming your way. I just did an interview on Unslaved, which I'll be releasing after this show, um, where I did an interview with Charles Moskowitz on his new book, The Satanic Conspiracy. It's deep. Uh, it's a good interview. Um, and so you can check that out on Unslaved. And, uh, and yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. Other than that, I wish you well. Stay strong. Stay free. Stay brave. I'll catch you next time. Cheers.